You're now listening to a Press Play Network podcast. collect $200,000. We beg your pardon, America. Uh, as far as I can remember, I never changed with you. Never came at you like what you said. Wait, boy, you ain't the same as you. I was looking for a hater and you was the main nigga. I just want to help. Can I help? Everybody on. Make everybody well. Nass like a cesspool. Next food move. Text move through his motherfucking chest. Yeah, this is what it's come to. This is why you gotta be a fucking lion if the game is a jungle. Gotta be a liar when they tell me it's a hustle. Cause the way a nigga lives determine a nigga culture. Burning bridges, buying boats. I can guarantee wins like I leaves here. Home north from a vote. 
But a man sitting idle with advantage to his rival, so devil get a boss me. That's a stiff arm. Underground railroad, moving better get on. Southside rubber, keep the flows tough as leather for a lightweight fabric. That's chiffon. We on a whole nother something else. Niggas be gone like birthdays. We never struggle here to pee on. I never struggle like the beat on. Boy, I love it. Tell them motherfuckers we hustle and try and see something. <laughs> Chair side and have a sip. Get to talking the king shit, they choose sides. Get to talking about who the best I have a fit. Sip mode, my whole style is carrier. Fresh is new money, my whole style is Harriet. Niggas still running the whole time I'm battling. Until they out of bounds, they whole style is traveling. Four dope boys in the Cadillac. Lost the man. I'm here to tell you, Nino Brown says, your services are no longer needed in the community. Who the bomb buck now that's how you kill somebody, my brother. You get right up on the motherfucker and way up on his brains all over the sidewalk. It's broad daylight. It's been a whole lot of fucking time wasted. Let niggas make it being two-faced. In my brown skin, need blue faces. My dark friends got a few cases. My talent ain't supreme. Motherfucker, my vision is my team. Used to wonder why everybody talk. Had to learn what the ample wagon means. Listen here, boy, I don't play no games. Get a clip, boy, you better stay in your lane. Round here, niggas' nerves ain't about shit. Fuck around, turn the good to a bad day. Fuck around, have a leg in the wrong place. Fuck around, get sprayed like lead paint. Fuck around, had to move to another side. Fuck around, had to move to another state. Goddamn, boy. And yo, it's the world's greatest hip-hop podcast, it's the Hip-Hop Rejects, this is a podcast all about hip-hop music, it's your boy Young Fly than the rest, he's royalty, and we in here tonight, what we got going? Man, we got the boy. We've been trying to get on this show for a long ass time. I think I think he been we've been trying to get him on the show it's like since we first started trying to have guests. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we gotta do it right, man. <laughs> exactly, man. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man, but we got the boy Big Steve up in here, you know what I'm saying? Steve Robson. He another hometown artist, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, go. Hey, pause, man. Pause, y'all. Right. Huh? Hey, your mama said give me the key to the truck so I can follow her. Yeah, it was on the dresser. Okay. Damn. Live recording, people. <laughs> Alright, oh, yeah. my bad. So I don't even know where I was, man. 
But you good. Just an introduction. I'm here. Steve, it's been a long goddamn time. Should have been here. But yeah. we're here. What's correct? <laughs> all right, man. So, you know, all right. So, thing is, Steve usually shoot me. When he work on something, he shoot me a track. I listen to it, give him my feedback, and I, I be listening and stuff. He like one of the only artists I know that use auto-tune, if you ever heard some of his music, where I can actually listen to his music. <laughs> Like, I can't listen to a lot of folks' music that got auto-tune because it's like they do it wrong, and he actually do, does his right, so I can actually listen to it. So, you know what I'm saying? I have been, like like we said, man, like about two years, two, three years, been trying to get him on the show. I know he be, you know, life. That's, that's basically it. But we finally got him on the show, and we finna kick this interview off. Oh, yeah, already, man. All right. First off, let's just go ahead tell them um tell them about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um your inspirations for music and you know um where they can pick up your music at. Mm, musically. Well, I'm Steve. Um I guess everybody know that, but you know, I never came with no nickname or no shit like that because it was always more about the music and what's coming out. So it was always Steve. Uh, and it's music made influences, music influences. It's really all hip hop, man. This shit is, is, I'm influenced by classic hip hop. Like, the times where we used to go get the CD and, and open it up and read the cover and shit after you take the plastic off and look at the pictures through the uh, booklet. You know what I'm saying? As you're listening to the CD, you on number one, you seeing who produced the shit and seeing who featured on it, looking at the credits. So that's what I'm really trying to bring back. The nostalgia of it. I feel you, I feel you. Uh... So, like, we 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 done brought that up a couple of times because we all come from that era where before you even heard pretty much a song off the album, the album cover is pretty much what sold you. You know what I'm saying? Like the old No Limit album covers and Cash Money album covers and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And... That's like like what you said, you know, you used to get the the, the C D and flip through the booklet while you listen to the uh, tracks on there. And I feel like that's a that's that's what's lost in hip hop now is because it's not an experience anymore. It's like hip hop is just popping off singles and not full albums. Like rarely is it a full album that grasps the the culture's attention. And I want to know how you feel about that. Um, I think that's, in a sense, that's true. In a sense, that is true because um, it, it's turned to a, a, it's kind of a, a um, kind of a microwave type thing now where everybody really focuses on, on their one and it's not really that sit down and listen to an album type thing anymore. So, with that said, you do have to give people music, like, constantly. You have to give them music constantly. But at the same time, I feel like you can be an artist that give them an album and then fall back, like, disappear from the face of the goddamn earth. 
and come back with a whole nother album. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what Kendrick and J. Cole do. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, it's some people that do that shit. And it's just, if you're fearless enough to do it, and then it'll seem like, damn, he, he got the, he know the sauce. He know the way to do it. But at the same time, people just try to give them what they miss. So, damn, man, I'm, I miss having albums out. I miss uh, sitting listening to an album. So the right artist going to give you that. And it's, it's really coming right back around to people like Kendrick, uh, like you said, J. Cole, like you say, uh, Drake. He's trying to get back to a, a, a album-type thing. But that boy just let out singles like a goddamn machine gun, which is never a bad thing. Yeah, very true, very uh-huh. true. Uh, sticking to the whole album, um, <clears throat> as far as what albums stuff like that, a lot of your cover art is very, I would say, probably like very abstract. It's very different from a lot of a lot of upcoming artists, where it's <clears throat> most artists that you come across. Then it's very like flashy, and it's very like to me, it's very abstract. What what gave you the inspiration as far as for like when it comes to your your single covers for a lot of your a lot of your content? Um, the, uh, covers, I, well, first and foremost, I'm working with my homeboy, Ken Arino. He, he's just a, a mad scientist when it comes to a lot of this Shout shit. out to Reno. Oh my goodness. Like, I just, me and Ken Arino have been working so long, so close together. A lot of these times I'll tell him the... A small concept of a picture or an album or details I'm trying to go, and I'll send him the song or a song that gave me that idea about it. It, it may have may or may have not been the song I'm recording. Like I'll just send him something that will put him in the mind of it, um, and from there, I don't know. I think we so we so away from. The box, quote unquote, we try to burn the box and just do our own thing. So it, it kind of turns out like that at the same time. But uh, visually, I'm I'm chasing Basquiat. I want I want I want to give him that feel like Basquiat gave him. Like when you saw them tags on the corners and you just wanted to know who the hell is this. Just like Warhol. He just wanted to know who the fuck was this putting these tags up. Right, just I feel you on that. Uh, speaking of Reno, man, like, production-wise also, like, we're going to have to get Reno on the show, too, because he, like, he cold with it, production-wise, oh, too. Yes, he he real cold, and, and and that's the thing, man. Like that's why I be wanting to get local people on uh, on on our show because I'm gonna give you the same question that I give everybody that come on locally. We got so much talent in our hometown. Why is it that like no one has blown up like they should have, and why is it? that we still in that crab in a barrel mentality versus like Atlanta where they always propping each other up or how Houston was when they was propping each other up. Mm. That's a hell of a question. Um, well, locally, I'll say this. 
we um we we look to a lot of people look to make it you know what i mean that's quote unquote like make it and and back back you know in the day i say 80 like late that late 80 90 ish type when people wanted to deal you slick kid you know like give one person a deal and then one person to say the you know save the whole tribe or to say the whole city like we need a banner and and you got one david banner and that's the one person gonna carry the flag for the whole you know what i mean right i think i, I think just that that mind frame makes artists want to just go get it themselves, and 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 it's not really a selfish thing at, at the same time. I think it's just a lot of necessity, like um, just just to go get it, and and at the same time, man, to to act <laughs> specifically me for sure about you know Greenville artists working together and. Man, like like I tell cats, man, I work with a lot of cats down here, man, and a lot of them great. And just like I can answer the question one way, when your next interview, you're going to get a totally different answer. But, you know, some people just got to... It, it's... Mm, man, it's layered because it's 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 relative to who's making music you know what i'm saying yeah cuz I, I honestly feel like in the in our in our community and when i say our community i'm not talking about specific black community i'm talking about our hometown it's yeah. basically a popularity contest like if you weren't if you're not a popular person but like you could be spitting way better and have way better production than the popular cats, but nobody will pay you any mind. And but you know the the, the popular cats who were like popular in high school, popular on the streets or whatnot, they decide, oh well, I want to be a rapper too, or such and such rapping, and they start doing it, and they start all of a sudden everybody jamming them, but nobody paid a certain person no mind because. You know they weren't popular, and I I feel like that's what's been the hold back on our city. You know what? When when whenever I feel like that too, especially in the beginning when I was doing this shit, I felt like a popularity contest because um, just for the simple fact, I was just trying to work with people, like and, yeah, and go in their studios. And, Hey man, man, uh, I'm trying to come through drop some. What you do? What you do? I got a lot of, well, you know, I'm straight or we good over here and we good over here. So when I started making my own music and shit, that was like in my own studio, my own beats. I started making them out of necessity, me and Ken. So a lot of this shit I do, it's a necessity of you can't come in here or like that gump shit. You can't sit here. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I, that's kind of why I started doing it. So I could be the person too that other artists could come to like, well, they don't fuck with me around there. You know what I'm saying? Well, I hear your song. I hear you. I see your, your vision. Come over here and I got you. That type of shit. So right. I, I, I always saw that people won't work with each other and 
it, it's kind of like a popularity contest. And but at the same time, man, I'm I'm athlete minded in a lot of this shit. So for once, it's a competition. It's it's usually always a competition with me. Right. And that's really not saying I'm competing with another soul. Like, if I put up 25, I just want to come out and put up 26 next year. It don't matter who's checking me or no shit. You know what I mean? You're competing with yourself. And and y'all, like, I went to high school with Steve and whatnot. Like, Steve was shooting it up from 40 before he even... Cross the half half court line. He was launching them before Steph was. <laughs> no kidding, man. That's that's a terrible shot. <laughs> Don't hey. give me that. Now I, I would name somebody that uh, used to shoot that motherfucker like that. Like pull up. Not, oh my god. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Bro would just pull the fuck up like. Now, Mike was pulling up from Port. I ain't gonna lie. I wasn't gonna pull up from Port because this just felt like a bad fucking shot. Why are you shooting that far? But yeah, man. Uh, I mean, man, like, see, that's why I like to bring these, bring locals on, people I know that got good music because we can have these conversations because, like, the conversation is natural and it's organic and you don't have to go, I don't have to do and I, it, it may be lazy on my part, but I don't have to go do too much research just to extend the interview out, you know what right. I'm saying the, you know I, it's, it's, it's people I didn't work with, people I didn't grew up with and seeing, and you know it's some cats that, like matter of fact, you know, um we on we on the road to episode one hundred, like this episode ninety eight. Yep, ninety eight. <clears throat> we got we got one more episode than episode one hundred, like ninety eight. Yeah, man. yeah. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Like we got our boy MCB Moss. We got our boy DJ Pizzleman out there in Hawaii. You know, like we got. You know, um, B Moss out there in Atlanta, and he do nationwide tours and stuff. And the purpose of Rejects was to us doing this was to help expand the independent artists. So, like when we get on episode one hundred, we trying to have a big show, bring a lot of people in, and it's also maybe like a little mixer for a lot of different artists so y'all can get to know these DJs and connect with each other. And you know, honestly, honestly, I wanted to shoot for 100, <laughs> episode 100, <laughs> because oh. just so, for the simple fact that I should have been one. <laughs> so, I always felt, you know, a certain way about that. Like, I couldn't do the first one. So it just, time just passed and shit. But I looked up, and you had hit me when I sent you the song. Like, bro, you're going to do the interview. And I could have said some old extra shit. Like, uh, this in the way and this in the way. We're going to wait on this and try to put this together and roll something out. And it could have fell on 100. Yeah. But nah, this is, nah, we needed to go on and do this. Man. I, I mean, we. I, I'm going to put it out there before I forget. Episode 100, we really trying to have Keeper Block Hyperhound, you, uh, 
MCB Moss, uh, Pizzleman, like like everybody that helped get rejects to where it's at right now. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's like, like, episode 100 probably be like, ah, Motown 25. That sounds great. Yeah. That sounds great. Man, like, so, for real, like, shout out to the, because we doing this, and we're not even doing this on the official page right now. We're doing this on the community page, because yeah. I ain't been looking at the members on the hip-hop community page. Like, I haven't been like, oh, I'm monitoring it. We got a thousand, like, one point. 2k members sitting in the community page right now so i gotta say shout out to all the people who are in in, in the uh hip-hop rejects community and shout out to all the artists that independent artists that we've had on this show because it's all due to their hard work to share our show and to share this to share that community page to get the community where it is so that is cool shout out to them man right just because like honestly man this this has been a journey. We didn't had times where we like we we always apologizing to the fans <laughs> because we'll be consistent. I'm talking about going hard, going hard, going hard. Then we'll fall off. Oh and then, shit! Don't say that. And then no, because it's like it goes along with the climate in music. You know what I'm saying? Like when you got good music dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. Yeah. Then we got stuff to talk about. Like if stuff going on in hip hop, we got stuff to talk about. But then when it slow down, that kind of like make us slow down because we don't want to just get on here and ramble yeah. about nothing. But, but at uh, the same time, at the same time, it's, it it doesn't it doesn't really even slow down. Like musically, that'd be my issue. Like I stay in the studio talking to my guys that like when it gets slow. That's when I kind of get frustrated because it seems that the hip hop culture, our hip hop culture, isn't putting shit out like, it, like the artists are just sleeping and shit. And like you say, for a week straight, artists would be banging out singles and shit. We'd be getting singles, especially on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reverb. People be throwing out singles, and I'm looking like, damn, that's what's up. It's the city thriving. People putting out music and shit. And then the next three weeks. It'll be extremely quiet, like nobody putting out shit, nobody saying shit. We, I guess, on a smaller scale, it's just you know, just like the the larger hip hop community, you get a few artists that put out a couple projects, and then the whole community sitting around waiting on, you know, those same few artists to put something out. And that'd be my issue. Like, I just like to keep it hot, like keep putting shit out, keep the listener waiting on something because we take for granted our hip hop uh, culture around here yeah they really it's- do like people people want this shit people want the podcast like y'all for instance I'm gonna keep bringing back y'all cause I really been on y'all at the same time as fucking um Nori as Nori podcast y'all been watching that shit you train champs, yeah, we've been... Right. Yeah. Like, bro, that shit has, has heated up and died down, and y'all still rolling. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, like, I mean, heated, I appreciate that comparison. Format. For real. Y'all on some more shit, man. Y'all started number one in, at the same time. That was like around the same time. Now when I think about it, yeah, that is around yeah. the same time that Drink Champ started when we started. Hell yeah. So, you know, just on that note, just seeing who first and shit. I like the I like people to start the way. 
I like to roll with the people that started the wave. And yeah, I really started this this uh, podcast shit around here, which is great, man. We need that. We need that shit. We need that other avenue to say, man, we can have a podcast instead of people. Everybody want to say we can rap or we could make a beat. It's just another avenue to get your creativeness out. Yep, that is that is definitely that. Uh, Steve, you got okay. So, as far as like with your music, man, like what like what drives you? What keeps you going? What keeps you continuing to make music um, as an artist? Like what keeps you going? Um, as an artist, I I just really want to make the best. Hear hear the best music at firstly. Like we all can say we wanna make the best song, but I just wanna hear the best music. And like around here, being that we're on the local scene, we won't just get me a lot of times, I won't just get the, the songs that I wanna hear. So I, I have to reach sometime and kinda make it's like I'm making my own playlist a lot. And a lot of them times rap is like I be telling my homeboys a lot, rap is easy. In a sense. No, let's not let's not do that. But in a sense, rap is easy if you're from that that type of environment. So us rapping and rhyming, all you're doing is putting your sauce on it, now you're a rapper. But at the same time, that pen game, when you're working that pen, man, it, it, it shows a different skill set. So the people before me, like, uh, uh, first CD I ever bought my own money was DMX, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. So people like that, DMX, Jay-Z, uh, then from there, Tupac, Tupac, greatest of all time. Some I argue Biggie. Biggie was cool. Uh, I used to like the uh, Fuji's, um, Wu Tang. Pretty much everything East Coast around in. Everything No Limit. Everything um, Cash Money. MJG, Eight Ball, UGK. I still live by Pimp C right now. Uh, but when you get away from rap well can't get away from rap without saying outcast then goody mob and uh, um, T.I. okay then 3-6 I really can't forget nobody because that shit would be really iffy but then when I get away from rap it's Michael like Michael Jackson is one of the greatest motherfuckers to ever sing a note True. And like I said, with him putting up 60 like that, I can't just be coming out trying to put up 30 and say, damn, Mike taught me that. Mom, Mike ain't taught you how to put up no 20 motherfucking point. <laughs> <laughs> Mike try to come out and bust the clock. So, you know, we I shoot for great songs first and foremost, man. That's what's up, man. So what we gonna do is we gonna tackle, get your opinion on some of the stuff that's going on in hip-hop right now. First thing I want to talk talk about is King Petty. I don't know if y'all been keeping up with it or whatnot, but that boy 50 Cent. 50 Cent is... 50 Cent Instagram is comedy gold. It's lit. (laughs) 
His Instagram stay lit. Uh, I, I fuck with 50, though. Yeah, me too. Like, him, like, like everything, even though 50 ain't really rapping or nothing no more, it's like his his other business ventures have been very lucrative. Like, Power, uh, you know, he doing all these other shows and stuff. Like, you know, that's that's showing that that's showing growth in your profession. You know, you ain't always gotta be a rapper. You can go out and become an executive producer and 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 not just deal in music no more. Because music is a very hot and cold, you know, genre yeah. to to be in. Unless you got like yeah. a really, really good catalog and then, you know, you go overseas because, you know, everybody shout out to all the people, especially people in the UK. They listen to us and all that, all that good stuff. Uh, people in UK and stuff like that, people overseas, they don't care about what's the hottest thing. They listen to what they like because they like it. That's how like all these, you know, say probably 80s, 70s and 60s acts still be around here making money because they're overseas. Yeah. Doing, doing yep. tours. Basically, I mean, when you go back and look at like, for instance, look at Michael Jackson's bad tour when he went overseas, like literally it was a sea of people. He couldn't even like, I don't even see how they dispersed all them people. You know what <laughs> yeah, I'm that's, that's crazy. Like that's that bad tour is I don't know, man. You, a lot of that shit. <laughs> a lot of that shit is... <laughs> it's like God's gift of music, man. Like, you can't... You can't... For instance, on, on Thriller, the, um, the 25th edition of Thriller that remastered and, and when they put it out again, yeah. at, at the end of the CD, it was a track on there um, where Quincy... Quincy Jones was talking about Michael and Thriller. And he was saying that um, like it can't nobody can't nobody try to make no shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like put no shit out and make it do what it did. You can't shoot for that. The only thing that helped them was was it was more of divine, more divinity than anything, because that's the only person that could make something happen like that. That's God. So when Michael was out there like that in a sea of people, like it literally looked like a wave of people. As soon as he hit the stage, somebody say Michael, and they just pass out. Just. I don't know, man. This shit, that shit does. It's, it's a beast, because that shit, that is a beast. And at the same time, DMX in Australia. That shit, yes. Like, it, it's certain people, man, that, and that see, make, that, it, make a move. You get the crowds overseas. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so, like, right now, um, this debate been going on. A lot of the new younger cats, they coming out. They saying the old heads hating on them. I, I, I'm I, more of along the lines. I feel I'm like all of us that's on this podcast pretty much around the same age as J. Cole. Mm-hmm. And to me, we old niggas, but we not old niggas. You see what I'm saying? 
And they want to say, because we like a certain style of hip-hop that we owe niggas, but at the same time, I feel like we, I feel like we the generation that care more about lyrics and content versus just a beat. Yeah. And, and I kind and I when I sat back and thought about it, I literally had to just be honest with myself. And I know whose fault that the newer generation was on. I know who fault it was that the newer generation only cares about the production. They just want to beat they can grind to because when we go back and think about it, the songs that we was in the clubs bumping to in the early, mid-2000s, the lyrical content weren't really all that high. And I blame that on Lil Jon now. You can't do that. <laughs> like, like real talk, because you, because like it got to the point where it, it was like, like it got to the point where when we heard, uh, we knew a Lil John beat when we heard it. We knew a Pharrell beat when we heard it. We knew a Timbaland beat when we heard it. We knew a Manny Fresh, Justice League. We knew Scott Storch when we heard him. You know what right. I'm saying? That's right. We. We 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 paid that we paid that much attention to the production, mm-hmm. and we stopped focusing on the lyrical content. I think at the same time, um, like so, the music just just started climbing and just started being more of at the forefront. And with our music and our production, you can't you can't rap a, a cadence style rap to it. You know what I'm well, you you can, but that hip hop, that pure East Coast lyricism flow that we really like because we grew up on it. And Southern music wasn't at the forefront when we was growing up. So we got a lot of the lyrics and a lot of the heavy samples and all that extra shit. And Yeah, but but like but, for example, not in the but for example, what I'm trying to get it is when you listen to an Outkast album, we right. don't know who producing Outkast beats because we not paying attention to the Outkast beats. We paying we just, attention we to Outkast. We just know it's a Dungeon Family. That's all we know. And whoever the hell that's it is. That's all we know. We just we just <laughs> right. paying attention to the lyrics because we want to know what Big Boy and Andre Three Stacks saying. But when a Lil Jon song came on, the only thing that caught us was the hook and the beat. I think it was because it was a heavy sound. Like at the same time, you know when uh, um, uh, let me fucking name some man. Like you said, the uh, Justice Justice League. When some of them songs come on, you slick know who did it. I mean, like the new school shit. Even with Zayto, you can slick tell when Zay hey, Zay so, beef in the play. You know yeah. what I mean? Because them well, he got an intro there. sound. He got an intro sound to all his beats. At the same time, for real, do too. If you peep, for real, got yeah, uh, intro like he it's it stops like pump 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 pump. It do that every beat. It could be an R and B beat, it could be a, a Grammy hip hop beat, but that motherfucker gonna jump like four times, and it's like a for real thing. So I think man, once you start getting into production. And these these uh, producers putting they, they sound on top of their beat. For instance, Timlin, he he just fucked up a whole generation. Everybody knew when oh, the Timlin shit oh, gonna come up. Yeah, that that was me. Man. Right there. 
Like, even if you hate it, like, I hear a lot of niggas saying, Magoo's Magoo is all right, but at the same time, those lyrics on top of Timberland shit was gold. So it kind of depends. It kind of depends. But speaking on that production tip, the southern southern guys, man, we we got a, a different flow. So a lot of that shit ain't finna fall right on top of a, a southern type beat. And at the same time, everybody need not need, but everybody wants a southern beat nowadays. A lot of artists, don't matter where they from, they rapping on a, a 808 driven beat that sounds like it's southern influence. So they're not going to be rapping East Coast-ish on it because you can't. You know what I mean? The beat falls different. And you know what? I, I had this conversation with somebody. I said, I believe Southern hip-hop turned out the way it was because of the HBCU bands. That, like, the Southern hip-hop um, production Mm-hmm. Is because of historically black colleges bands, because I believe producers wanted to make beats that they know a college could play there. They can that a college would be able to play. That's why it's so heavy in drums. That's why it's so heavy in horns. Like not many strings. It's a lot of it's a lot of drums and horns in it. And uh, and I think it was it was because of that because they wanted because when you think about it. Like the perfect song to me for a college band to play down south is Southern Rivalry by Chameleon now with Killer Mike and Pastor Troy on it. Mm-hmm. Then, then you think about you know uh, you think about all the music you heard from the south, and when you think about you when you was in high school or college, especially if you went to an HBCU, like. You heard the most popular songs being played by the band. Yeah. Like, and I, I felt like that was like I felt like that was the inspiration for the music turning out the way it did. Yeah, I think that that did have a lot of influence in it. Now that you uh, say that, yeah, I think that correlates a lot because that band and shit. That's around the same time. Um, was that uh, Trick Daddy take it to the house? Yeah. Right yeah. The time that mm-hmm. shit came out, I think from there shit went a lot of bandish type shit. Man, yeah. It, it bangs. It, it bangs like a motherfucker. And especially when JSU get out there and play that shit, that shit gonna turn up. Like, when you got colleges like FAMU, which I think, because I feel like all the drums and high percussion started in Florida down there with, uh, um, two live crew and all of them, and then fam, you and University of Miami picking up on it, and their bands playing that music. Then the other bands like, yo, we can play that music. So you got colleges in Atlanta, in, in Georgia, you know what I'm saying. So you got people that probably was in college that you know was studying music. They become producers. And like it's ingrained in their head, you know, I, they still a band geek, whether they know it or not. I mean, whether they admit it or not. And that's all in their head. Well, this is how good when the band play. And I think that's, you know what I'm saying? I think that's what's led to it. That's exactly true, man. Like I just said, man, Ken been making beats since the beginning. And you know he a band geek. He's yes, a band sir. Geek. 
a band fool. So a lot of my shit beats may start from a feel or start from an influence I've had. And he'll finish it on some straight, uh, this is what they'll sound like playing this shit. And it'll end up with brass in it. It'll end up with heavy-ass drums in it. And I'll have to come back and add strings on some, you know, on some classical shit just on, to stretch it out and air it out. Right, I feel But it's going to bump and bang like a motherfucking band every time. All right, so I got this question for you. Uh-huh. Besides yourself, locally, who are your favorite artists? Oh, Miss Quest. <laughs> Locally, who my favorite artist? Um, I mean, you could have just said everybody. I wouldn't be messy. I mean, <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. But at the same time, you know, if, if I say everybody, man, that shit a lie. That's a straight ball face lie. A ball face ass lie. <laughs> But at the same time, man, it's talent all the way around this motherfucker, man. Um, it really is. I really, I really uh, like B. You know, that's my guy. But I really fuck with his 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 passion behind his lyrics. I guess me working with him doing all the beginning CDs really kind of just made me sit back and pay attention to why he say shit and why this rhyme came to be and why he would say it. And I see a few artists like that, like Beat Him Down, uh, Deuce, his little brother, Deezy. Uh, Shout out to my cousins. Goddamn. Um, hype, he'll spit. Um... I like Fargo. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, Free Red. <clears throat> yeah, Free Red ain't really never let me down. Uh, Foster. Um, okay. This one name, though. I'm going to say Nash. Slick. He, 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 Slick is a motherfucker. And, you know, we've been recording a lot of shit, but they, these people slick waiting on this motherfucker, too. And that's QB, old slick ass. Oh, man. Man, don't. Bro, I'm going to tell you something, bro. And I hope, bro, listening to this now, bro. You know he because is. I, I hope, bro, listening to this now, bro. Like, QB is the most slept on artist in Grayville to me, bro. I ain't going to say that. I think he just, he just more. It's, it's he more, more reserved. Yeah. It's more anticipated now because he, he for sure reserved. Slip on, I think he'll bite a motherfucker head off just by them saying it. So I like that. But My boy had a song back when we was, I think it was right out there, we graduated high school, called Mister. <laughs> yeah. It, the yeah. song was just called Mister. He told a story, bruh. And the, the like, I hated he ever lost that song, bro. Because to me, just hearing that song, if that song could have just got on the radio, that song would have went worldwide. Yeah, yeah, he that he that type of artist. And um, just like I send you songs, Quinn, when I you know, as soon as I make it, I might shoot it to you to see what you think. I've been doing that shit with QB for what 
last, what, four years, maybe. So I got at least five songs with QB on it that ain't nobody heard. And he may have just sent me three more he just did, like, on the low. Ain't nobody heard. So that's just a mixtape there or album there just from what I know for sure. But Bruck Hole, Bruck got a head on his shoulder. At the same time, there's so many other artists, man. Like, my wife, ex-wife, rather, just like the song for that shit. She is cold, like her pen game cold. She got songs she hadn't even put out. Just cold. Um, she gonna go by Lily now, Lily DaVinci. So be looking out for that. She cold as fuck. Uh, it, it's a few more, man, but like I said, um, everybody can rap nowadays. Everybody can rap nowadays, so if I don't really see no, no reaching for for I ain't gonna call it greatness, but reaching for for more than even if we just rapping, you try to be the best rapper. I just like you know, like I said, everything go back to to, to being an athlete a lot and that competitiveness in it. It really ain't got to be against you, but it can be, and they know how I feel it. True. You know, it can be if it end up like that. Like 50, 50, you know, 50 ain't, ain't giving a damn how you really feel after the war over. No, he really don't care. No, let's no. just get to it. <clears throat> but speaking of 50, man, uh, Quinn, how you feel about that shit? To him and Floyd, that's what you mean? Yeah, man. I mean, it just—it's <laughs> comedy to me, man. Like real talk. I, I just that is terrible, like, man. They homeboys. They homeboys. What, what throw me off is that these long, these long posts Floyd be posted, and like Floyd, we know you can't read, dog. So we know you ain't wrote. We that. know somebody else posting it for you. <laughs> yeah, bro. We know you ain't did this. So you know, <laughs> that's why it's funny to me. And like fifty, like. It ain't it, it feel like fit to do it effortlessly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's just like that's why I feel like like fifty I don't see why why after all this time Ja Rule came back wanting to smoke with fifty. Like, bruh, like you was well known. Nobody knew who fifty was and he came out and assassinated you and your label. Yeah. He he had a little help, but fifty fifty is is smart. Like you can't take nothing away from fifty. But that shit with Ja Rule, uh, somebody should have told Ja that he's doing what you're doing, Ja. Why you know he's making the same songs you're making, Ja. They just street oriented. Exactly. Like he was doing all the singing and everything. He just wanted to be the only one. Everything. He was doing the exact same goddamn thing Ja was doing, but it was just. It was just geared more toward the street. Jaw was geared more toward the women. And that goddamn uh, switch up he did to Jaw, that was that was a work of art. But the shit he, him and um, uh, Floyd got going, and then 50 be calling him champ like uh, Harlem Knight. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> I thought like, I was the only one that picked up on that, bro. He's crazy. 50. Like, little shit like that is, is what makes 50 over the top. Like, not even the whole joke. It's just him calling him champ. Like, you were on for that. And see, the, the, to me, like, in power, the character 50 played Kanan, I feel like 50 playing himself. Because I feel like the same personality Kanan got, I feel like that's 50 personality for real. Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I heard that, but I, I never even watched power. Oh, man. Yeah, I know, right? You I've been five watching, seasons behind. I've been watching side fair episodes and shit. Kirby enthusiast. <laughs> All right, so uh, on current events. Okay, so recently the mayor of Philadelphia put a stop to the music fest that Jay-Z and them throw every year. I forgot the name of it. Oh, Made in America. Made in America. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, I think it's fucked up. He ain't, he ain't mean to do that. Hey, I, I you know what? Like, I wish we could have, like, we had been on game, bro. We could have tried to, like, get a petition or something signed. Like, yo, y'all want somewhere, somewhere to have it at? Shit, we got a whole lot of space and opportunity down here in Mississippi. <laughs> Shit, uh, who, somebody did that. Um, who, what state was that did that? Mill, what is it? Wisconsin? I think it was Wisconsin did that. Oh, that's crazy, man. It, it was like, Wisconsin or, or um, Minnesota. Like, like, real talk, I feel like, I feel like, other than the, like, we need, like, Mississippi need another music festival other than the Blues Festival, because we need a, a festival for the younger crowd, too. Like, I was so, like, me growing up in the 90s, I just uh, I used to always see my cousins getting ready that one time of year. I'm like, where y'all going? We going to freak me. We going to freak me. We so I had it made up in my mind when I got old enough. I was going to freak me. Yeah, and then they took that from. I had it made up in my mind I was going to be going to Galveston to the Capitol Beach party. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like like all those festivals, like the the only well, I did get to, I, like, did, I did get to go to the Calvin Beach party. I did because I was in Texas. But anyway, oh, <laughs> but you know you got like, you got like Coachella now, and you got South by Southwest, and you know the more regulated. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's just that we just don't have our own man. Like like. Yeah. That's really what I, I be preaching in the studio to people I'm working with. Like, our own. We need our own. That was the reason for starting Four Bars Entertainment in Greenville. Because I came up uh, screaming Rockefeller and Death Row and, and who else? Swahos. No yeah, No Limit. Cash Money. Yeah. Like... Even Def Jam, so so deaf. Like these people got all these goddamn uh, institutions that people could go to. My whole thing was like in Atlanta, man. You can ride down the goddamn street and see that billboard and know you somewhere by so so deaf records. On a good day, you could bump into some matter from so so deaf records. Mississippi on a good day, you're gonna dodge a, a ticket or some shit. Like you yeah. pop into no shit like that. And at the same time, now we got, you know, 
certain people that that's trying to do something and trying to make that. Uh, 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 but you know uh, what? Actuality. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put something out, and I hate to get into the socioeconomic and po- political part of it, but uh, that's cool. When you look at Georgia as a whole, mm-hmm. and you look how much Georgia has changed, and how far behind Mississippi, Alabama, and Arkansas are behind them. Like, look at how, like, Georgia is possibly about to have a first black governor that's a woman. Yeah. And I, I think that's because of places like Atlanta, because of what the culture has done to the surrounding areas around Atlanta. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the influence is so pristine that, like, the surrounding areas in the state has no choice but to accommodate or just, you know, like blend into what's actually taking over. And I feel like in Mississippi and Alabama and, you know, especially those two states and, you know, Arkansas would not like, I feel like, I feel like Georgia is just made it to the two thousands and we still in the 1970s. You know why? We just like if you peep realistically what what's happening, like we are, we kind of just stripping away all them seventies clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like they just they just freed the slaves in Mississippi, bro. Like that shit just happened. <laughs> like you had, you had, that's true. You had the you had Fourth of July and all that shit in June nineteenth. And then even after all that, then they just recently just, you know, fixed some shit in the laws to where <laughs> we were slaves. <laughs> True. And, and that's and, another thing, too, bro. Uh, this, this was 2000-ish, though, when this shit happened. Yeah, I think it was like 2013 when it happened. Okay. Now, at the same time, 2013, I graduated high school, 02, fam. Right. So, <laughs> So, you know, this was like we saw Atlanta boom and these artists boom. 2013, like you say, Georgia or Atlanta, it just sounds, it sounds black already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, I'm on my way to Atlanta. Man, it sounds like you on your way to a black party. <laughs> but Man. what, guess, guess what? I'm on my way to Mississippi. What does that sound like? Man, like real talk, post like go, will you about to go get locked up. <laughs> there you oh, it's just it's just the psychology of the word now. We just gotta yeah. change the psychology of how we look look at it and how we hear Mississippi now. That's because true. That's how the world hears it. They they really think we, we still, you know, got slaves. Like we there. still yeah, uh, horse drawn buggies and stuff. Yeah, right. A lot of people think that. That's just how Mississippi sounds. That's just how the connotation of the word sounds now. We got a lot of shit along with it. And we got to turn up, man. We got to change how motherfuckers hear Mississippi. How they hear their word. We got to change. Because you know what I feel like? I feel like once you get past, like, once you get past Jackson, like, heading South Mississippi, it's a totally different thing. Because... Like North, it felt like North Mississippi st- still stagnant, and South Mississippi is really changing. 
because, you know, it's more inclusive down there. It's not as segregated. Like, they still got a lot of, you know, segregated stuff down there. But, you know, like, when you go to the coast, mm-hmm. like, like those folks is, like, pretty much blended. You mean, you know like, them, them tourist spots? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And they prosper because they utilize what they had to generate, to generate wealth. Like, <clears throat> I mean, at, like at one time, Greenville was like the shit. Yeah, that's when we thought when we had we yeah. had all these casinos, man. We thought like, oh, it's about to jump off. Now we got casinos. We had the car show. We had, mm-hmm. you know, we had show fest. You know, we had the balloon festival. We had like everything. Like Greenville was the queen city of the Delta. Like, and then yeah. it's just like overnight, it all fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, man, we gotta <laughs> we gotta change the connotation of the word. And I feel uh, like we, I feel like us, our generation, mm-hmm. I feel like we can start a renaissance for the area to change it and bring it into a better place. It's just that we all got to get on the same page. We all have to be focused and determined to do it, and not be worrying about like you can worry about yourself. But look at the bigger picture too. Like, don't be like, man, I don't want, I don't want to work there, man, or I don't want to do this, man. I'm trying to do my own thing. Like, look at the bigger picture. Like, if we all got together and made things happen, so much more could be gone. So much more could be done, and we could leave a legacy for other generations to change what the connotation of Mississippi is. Right. That's true. That's true. That's true. We don't have to have some forward-thinking people in, in whatever um, field they're in. So people that's thinking forward and, and being able to think on the same page like that. That is true. That's that's the, that's the thing. And like you started the interview off, I think about like a crab and bear issue. I think that it happens a lot. A lot out of I won't say necessity, but just out of a fear of I won't I won't be able to to quote unquote eat or quote unquote live how I want to live. You know, it, it's scary down here. Like if you if you slip, then you you out there bad down in Mississippi. <laughs> So a lot of times people be on that. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. What's that? That uh, <laughs> J Rock, <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. That's oh, what yeah. it sound like. I gotta yeah. get it. I gotta get it. That's what a nigga might sound like all the time. So he may want to help or work with this certain person, or, but it's it's so tight down here to where I ain't no time to to kind of learn each other's mannerisms, to learn each other's characteristics so we can work together. You just have to have the mentality like, okay, we got to do this. And hopefully this other person got the mentality like, yeah, we do got to do this and it'll, it'll work faster or better if we do it together. Instead of, you know, like trying to manufacture a, a, a cushy relationship. See, that, that shit fucks up a lot of shit too. So I rather, I rather if it's doggy dog, then let's just you know everybody just go to war and win a win. But if it ain't, then everybody you know 
it, it should be easy to work together. A lot of shit should have been dead. That's true. That is true. All right, man. With it being episode 98, and Steve probably mentioned a bunch of albums in 98, he didn't even know it. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the greatest because last episode we kind of got the things like, oh, we 97 was some of the greatest hip hop albums in 97. So we decided to keep it going and talk about some of the greatest albums in 1998. Uh, shoot, let's kick it off. We said it, we said, like I said, we said they named several times Outcast, Equimini came out in 98. Uh, oh, man, shoot, I would say probably, man, next to ATL is probably one of the greatest Outcast albums for me. Yeah. Equipment I was that equipment I was that album though like that like they carried me over until Stankolia came out. <laughs> yeah. Cause cause ninety eight was that like man, I'm starting to feel telling really telling my age. Ninety eight I was just going leaving elementary school, going to junior high. So equipment I kicked out junior high school for me. 98, damn, 98. Uh, I was just, what, coming to 8th grade, ninth grade, 98, 99. That was ninth grade. So, yeah, that was my shit. Equimini, uh, Goody Mob, Still Standing. I was on that more than Equimini. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Still Standing. Yeah. Oh, man, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. That's, uh, What's some of the tracks off Still Standing? Uh, uh, Black Guys. Uh, yep. Black Ice, that's how I introduced say, the Cool uh, Breeze. Man. Man. Yeah. Uh, what do you say? What you know about the bananas and mayonnaise? That's big <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, then we had. Hard Knock uh, Life came yeah, out. Uh, Vol- yeah. Life and Times of uh, Sean Carter Volume 2. Hard Knock Life came out in 98. Yep. Like a lot of folks I knew didn't like the Hard Knock Life single. I liked that song. I liked it. You know? <laughs> It was, all, it was different from anything that was out. Man, yeah, hard. He sampled a broad. He sampled a song off of Annie. Uh, like, Broadway. That was Broadway. Off Broadway. Hey, what no hip hop artist even thinking about Broadway at the time, trying to do anything. You know what? Close to that. How that happened was uh, who he said the fuck he heard play that shit at a show. Uh, I want to say DJ Cool Kev or some shit. Old school cat, and he was playing at a show. And you know how DJs got that little intermission and shit. And he was kind of, kind of blending some and going from one song to another. And he kind of ficky ficky and threw that damn Annie in that shit. And it was just the, the song from the movie, just the regular song. But the bounce, I guess, over the speakers made Brad like damn. So. That turn to that, but that that album was a monster. Yeah, but this album was bigger in my opinion. That's what I'm say the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I was like, just gonna say that. You no, know, this album to this day, man. Like, like literally, called. this woman, this album, twenty years old, bro, and this her only solo, only, only, yeah. 
Yeah, I think she wanted to do more, but yeah, it was. Um, I didn't listen to it like that. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't either at the time. I mean, there were some of the singles that were like out that you know that everybody was you know singing or you was hearing all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm same way, Steve. I wasn't. I wasn't like it wasn't <laughs> something that was constantly in my CD player back then. My yeah. mama was a big Laura Hill. Like, see, like, that's what I was gonna say. Like every girl, though. Like I can, I can see. Girls down my timeline going off like motherfucker. This what we was on. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> y'all was on <laughs> because they really, really talk about that album all the time. Yeah, because I like and like I come from one of them households where Sunday morning you getting woke up early in the morning. Your mama jamming Prince, Michael Jackson, Earth, Wayne, and Fire all day while you clean up and wash clothes. Mm. So. When she found something up to date that she liked, uh, yeah, we was gonna listen to that. And like, uh, Lauryn Hill album, she was in love with it. Okay, I'm looking at a few of these albums, right? Okay, it's dark and hell is hot. Y'all already know yes, that, sir. what yes, kind of history that was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then the same fucking year he dropped Flesh in My Flesh and went platinum again. So that still stands. I think Drake. I mean, Future just did that with Future and Hendrix. He dropped both of them in the same year and went platinum two times. Mm-hmm. 400 Degrees dropped in 98. 400 fucking Degrees dropped. See uh, Murder, Life of Death. I was yep. on that. Takao uh, 2000 dropped. Mm-hmm. Fiend. Yep. That's one in every family, which was the shit. Money, Power, Respect dropped in 98. We got uh, Busta Rhymes, ELE, Extinction Level of Event. Like Showing the oh, yeah. And on that album, dude really showed me, like, he could really rap. Like, Give me yeah. Food. Like, he's, he's like Twister. Yeah. Master P, The Last Done dropped in 98. Which was cool. I think I was, I was around that time. I was <laughs> tripping on the yeah. hype. On oh, cash oh, money. Oh, you was moving over to cash money around that time. Yeah, that shit there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I still had it. I still had it, but at the same time, I was just like, that 400 degrees had just caught me. You know, just, yeah. just caught me uh, from the blue. It came out the blue. That 400 degrees was a monster, man. That, that may be, as I'm looking at these albums, that may be the um, pivotal album of 9-8. Yeah, because just like it came out the blue. Because, like, behind, like, back that ass up changed everything for cash money. Yep, it did. That, man, that was. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that's when the money started coming. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, what else we got? We got the locks, money, power, respect. I know a lot of people didn't really give a give the locks a lot of credit until like later on, until oh, they broke yeah. off. And you got Jadakiss and stuff like that. And that's when people really. I loved them. Me too, bro. Around that time, I loved them, man. Um, they were so grimy, bro. But like I just said, I was I was reaching like ninety eight. That was I had bought DMX, so I was reaching for that hip-hop, that East Coast sound and shit. So, I I was on the locks. I was on M.O.P. Uh, and uh, see, Wu-Tang. And huh. see, around that time, I was really starting to get into, like, most deaf and Talib, Kweli, cats like that. 
Oh, uh, that conscious rap. I was, oh, you know, them. It was oh. commenting and folks like that. That's when I was start because I was starting to think musically for myself a lot more. Black Star when they was doing that shit. Tyler yeah. I was there. Yep. Matter of fact, I think they dropped the album that year, if I'm not mistaken. They did. They did. They did. Yeah, that's it. They did Black Star. Yeah, Most of the time. Uh, Capital Punishment by Big Pun dropped in '98. Yep. Yeah, dude. Tribe Call was... Quest, the Love Movement. Yep. Doctor Doctor Red Man. Oh I yeah, the Cal 2000 Judgment Day. Yeah, I remember that. Was that like, the one with the Rock Wild on? Nah, that was the uh, no. that was the album him and um him and Red did. did together. Yeah, I think was that nine. I think that was like '99, I believe. Yeah, that was 99. That, that was, 99. I think it was called The Rockwiler, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it was called... Uh, yeah, the record was called The Rockwiler, but the, uh, the album the was Rock called Blackout. Yeah, Blackout. 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 Yeah, that's my uh, Method Man go-to I think, I think Method Man and Red Man is a slept-on duo also. Oh, like, hell yeah, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, like, as far as du- duos go... We give all. We pretty much give all the credit to Outkast and UGK. But like Eight Ball, MJG, yep. Red and Meth, UGK. You know what I'm saying? Those some duos that's just like. I, I think they, it's just. Re- I think it's just relative to where you're from. Yeah. Because shit, goddamn, uh, Daz and Corrupt don't get mentioned a lot, but no, they don't. Them two motherfuckers is. is Shit, man, Batman and Robin. You talking about two on two against him, man? They ain't finna lose too many times. Uh, mob Deep, you know, like if you're from mob New York, yeah, mob if right you're up. from New York, you get Mob Deep a lot of, yeah, a sir. lot of credit. Uh, EPM, Hell yeah. EPMD, that's another dude. EPMD, you see what I'm saying? Airbnb uh, and Rakim. Airbnb yep. and Rakim. Yep. Like, it's a motherfucking duo, but... Shit, I wouldn't even say, like, did. one of the first rap, because I don't know, I mean, I know Rakim doesn't really, and that's one thing about people don't give Rakim a lot of credit for. Rakim, like, like he raps, he don't curse. It, that's, like, it's, like, that's a talent nowadays when it comes to, like, <laughs> some rappers now. Yeah, that is. Yeah. He, um, I, I recently listened to something he did, man. I can't remember. What the fuck was he rapping about? But it's, I think he did. was telling a story. And dude still is the shit. Dude still like a rapper. His ass off. Rakim. Yeah. It did. Even when in the beginning of his career, like Rakim was giving you <coughs> like game, like real game, like street knowledge. But he was giving you wisdom at the same time too. Yeah. And and so like I like like to me, I grew up, you know, being eighties babies. My uncle, when I was born, my uncle was young. So like, I grew up. I'm like I, man. You can ask anybody that listens to this show. I give LL Cool J all the respect in the world because <laughs> to me, to me, LL was like the 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 first like solo act versus I mean duo Run DMC. But like like besides Run DMC, like the first solo act that just blew up the way he blew up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, I like, with him. That's a um, yeah. that's, that's my dad's favorite artist behind um Tupac. I I mean like like at, at one time like I was 
I know when I was a kid, it was Cool Mo D and L Cool J for me. That was my guy, Cool Mo D, as a kid. Yeah, like the shades. I don't know. It probably was the the shades and the koofy. I'm sure. I'm sure it was the shades and the koofy. It just looked cool. (laughs) The leather shit. (laughs) And then that Wild Wild West came out. Yeah, the red boots and shit like superheroes. Like Johnny Gill walking around in red cowboy boots. Yeah. And then what's that other one? Uh, I go to work. Yeah, I go to work. Yeah. Yeah. I used to oh, another uh, one more duo. Uh, another duo. Uh, oh shit! I, I just had their name in my mouth. Uh, y'all help me out. Duo. Big clock around his neck. Oh, uh, Public Enemy, man. Public, Public Enemy, yeah. <laughs> Bro, I Public had that in my head, now my so mind went blank. clock, I immediately went to Flavor Flavor Ugly. <laughs> I ain't lying. Like, to me, to me, Public Enemy was the antithesis of the hype man and the MC. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the prime example yeah. of that. Prime example. Crazy story. Um, um, Be Real. I'm, uh, what's the name of that group? Um, Cypress Hill? Cypress yeah. Hill, right? Okay, Cypress Hill. He said they got their shit from um, Public Enemy. Like, he was trying to be like a West Coast Mexican Public Enemy. So that's why he rapped like um, his voice would try to cut through like Chuck D. And his other homeboy would kind of play the, the Flavor Flav role. But it was kind of more of a Mexicanish thing. In other words, they looked up to them and tried to mimic themselves after him, and they missed, but they found themselves, and that's how we got Cypher too. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. That shit is cool as hell. I mean, go ahead. No, I would say uh, no. Quick statement because we're about to shut down. Bring it, bring it, bring it to a close. <laughs> um, but alright man um, so we're going to bring this episode 98 to a close man uh, y'all hit us up on the hip hop regions community let us know there's a polar right now let us know what your favorite uh, album in 1998 was man uh, if we, we don't have that choice up there for you on the poll of course always put it in the comments of course uh, Steve again yeah, tell or, or you can just write can. Steve Oh yeah, or you could just write Steve as well. Um, yeah, night day. <laughs> Steve, tell people where they can uh, where they can get your music and where they can hear your music at, man. Okay, right now you'll be hearing it directly through SoundCloud. Right now we got like a rollout going on, so we ain't just put it all out there yet. But soon, <clears throat> soon. Excuse me, y'all. Uh, speaking like next week, everything be rolled out right. We'll be looking at uh, Tidal, uh, Amazon, you know, all the, anywhere you can buy music. That's where it'll be. Okay, cool. We'll we'll definitely uh, post that on the hiphoprejects.com and all that good stuff. Um, In addition to that, before we head out, Reject Radio is coming in August, man. So please, 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 all the artists out there, if you know an artist, know somebody that's trying to be an artist that has good music and it just just needs to be heard on the right platform, Reject Radio is where you want to be. It's all about putting out independent music and just having a, like a, 
a internet radio show that's all dedicated to playing nothing but indie music, man. Indie hip hop music. So please make sure you send all that over to uh, Reject Radio at the hip hop rejects dot com. Uh, we're still taking in submissions for uh, Indie Spotlight as well. We'll be rolling that back. Um, be doing that probably more so after episode 100. Uh, we'll be getting back in the groove of that in, in episode 101. But yeah, man, uh, we'll see y'all uh, for episode 99 next week. All right, road to 100. Peace, blessings. Already, y'all, uh, 100.